We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we look at pop culture from a Jewish perspective and look at Judaism through the lens of pop culture. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And today we are giving a preview of the 95th annual Academy Awards, otherwise known as the Oscars. Or the Poppies. That's our award show. The Pop Torah Poppies. Here are the Poppies. Yes. Uh, That's good. Patent pending, trademark registered, verbal signature. Um, This is good. Uh, A lot to talk about with this year's Academy Awards. Of course, on the heels of a very uh, noteworthy Academy Awards ceremony last year with the the slap heard around the world. Uh, uh, Will Smith uh, hitting Chris Rock live on stage. Uh, Will Will Smith with a, a band. Of the Oscars. That's right. Um, a ban of attending the Oscars, but not necessarily being nominated for an Oscar, I don't think. Correct. Uh, so, um, but he did not get nominated this year, although there was some speculation that he might for emancipation. Uh, and, uh, uh, but we will, I think, uh, maybe talk about uh, that noteworthy moment from last year's ceremony, as well as um, other controversies and noteworthy moments from previous ceremonies in the course of our conversation today. But First, Jesse, you want to give us a, 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 a just overview of uh, what we're looking at this year with the Oscars? Sure. The 95th Annual Academy Awards uh, will be presented on Sunday, March 12th, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And we are going to discuss our best picture nominees. The best picture nominees this year are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Banshees of Insurance. Uh, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Uh, between the two of us, I think we've seen just about all of these movies. Um, some are surprises right, exactly. to make it into the best picture category. And I don't want to forget, uh, the, although they aren't in the best picture category, uh, some of the noteworthy uh, performances that have also been nominated. Um, you have Brendan Fraser nominated, not for his role in The Mummy Returns, but for his role in The Whale. And really credit to his comeback story, he was sort of blackballed uh, from Hollywood because uh, of his public accusation of uh, uh, the the Hollywood Foreign Press uh, and, and the Golden Globes of uh, sort of sexual assault. Uh, and of course, the queen, my queen, and uh, Wakanda's queen, Queen Ramonda, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett did a thing for those of you who are following the TikTok trends. Uh, uh, she's nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Wakanda Forever. And if she wins, it would be the first win for a comic book movie in the MCU for an acting role. And uh, the only other comic book wins have both been Joker performances, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker and uh, the late Heath Ledger for The Dark Knight. Uh, so for us uh, Marvel stands, it, it's an exciting moment. 
Uh, Mike, which of these movies uh, stand out to you? Sure. So, uh, yeah, I have seen, um, I think, uh, seven out of 10 of the nominees. I feel pretty good about that, uh, about that percentage this year. Uh, the ones I have not seen are All Quiet on the Western Front, Women Talking, and Tar. Uh, and uh, um, so, uh, you know, I, I am familiar with those stories, but, uh, but not necessarily uh, uh, don't have strong opinions about the actual films themselves. Um, a lot of these movies I really enjoyed uh, this year. Um, uh, I think Everything Everywhere All at Once was unlike really anything I had uh, ever seen. And it was great. It. it was kind of what I wish Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that's, that's was. That's exactly my thought. Um, you know, we've de- Offline, Jesse and I have been having conversations on uh, on the state of the MCU uh, and, uh, but I think that you, that you just said it, uh, um, you know, here's a movie about the multiverse that, uh, really leaned into it in, in really creative ways. Um, and so, so that was, uh, great. Um, uh, I, uh, I also, you know, on the completely other end of the spectrum, uh, not, uh, crazy in its own way, but, uh, but, but not, uh, uh, nearly as, uh, um, uh, mind-bending, as uh, everything everywhere all at once was uh, the Banshees of Anna Sharon. I liked it. It was a small and intimate uh, movie uh, with uh, great performances uh, by, uh, by by Colin Farrell and um, something Gleason. Right? Brendan Gleason. Great performances by Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason. Uh, really enjoyed that movie and found it uh, disturbing and provocative uh, and and uh, uh, thought provoking and all the things. Um, Elvis was bananas, uh, and uh, I, I thought you Austin know Austin Butler uh, he, was incredible as yes. So hinged on a great performance by Austin Butler, I would say that he is the odds-on favorite uh, for uh, for the top prize of uh, best actor. Tom uh, Hanks in that movie was quite odd. <laughs> he he made some choices for that role for sure. It was also um, interesting that it was more a story that he was telling about Elvis than a story about Elvis himself. That's right. It was, you know, and, and that's a theme I think that we uh, are are going to be thinking about for all of this year's categories is that, you know, a lot of them deal with dynamics of power, uh, manipulation, uh, so Banshee uh, and, and gender too. And that was present in Elvis, uh, um, uh, Banshees of Inna Sharon, uh, played with toxic masculinity, Tar really dealt with issues of power and gender, uh, women talking, of course, uh, uh, does as well. Um, so, uh, so, so, and, and that was, I think, very present in Elvis, telling Elvis's story through uh, Colonel Parker uh, uh, in a way that, you know, really kind of removed Elvis's agency from his own story was, uh, was, was a really interesting way of telling that story. Um, and, uh, and, and I don't know, I mean, I, you know, I still think about it uh, and I have mixed feelings about it, I suppose, um, but, but worth talking about. Um, uh Really enjoyed the Fablemans. Uh, that was, uh, um, uh, you know, a different, uh, 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 something different from Steven Spielberg than than we're used to. In some ways, not different because it's a movie about adolescence uh, and uh, relationship with parents. Although in this also case, also very culturally Jewish. Very culturally Jewish. In this case, uh, not a relationship with uh, with like an estranged father that we have in in other uh, uh, um, uh, Spielberg classics, but uh, but but a relationship with a with a mother, a complicated relationship with a mother. Um, and uh, a story about uh, his life and his own journey as a filmmaker. And so um, that I would not be at all surprised if that walks away with the top prize uh, for the evening, despite my feeling like uh, everything everywhere all at once might deserve it more uh, because the Academy loves a movie about movies uh, and they love Steven Spielberg, as do I. Um, so I, I enjoyed that, though. Um, love Top Gun Maverick. 
was it the best picture of the year? Probably not, but I'm glad yeah, to see I, that. I think that was that was the surprise, I think biggest surprise on this list. Uh, I, I I actually think it was probably the most fun I had watching a movie. Uh, it, it, it was your typical blockbuster, but a great movie. It was a fun movie. Um, do I think it was best picture quality? By no means. Um, but then the question is, what makes something a best picture? Is it uh, just the audience performance or is it critics performance? Uh, you know, Mike, we, when you and I were talking about the state of the MCU, part of that had to do with the the latest MCU film, Quantumania. And how there is like a 45% disparity on Rotten Tomatoes between the critics score and the audience score. Uh, and so, right, what makes Top Gun best picture worthy? Is it that I believe it, it is the highest performing film of, of 2022, or at least was before Avatar? Um, yeah. uh, does that what makes it worthy? Uh, it's a really interesting question. So I wasn't surprised that it was nominated for Best Picture. I think that that you know the reason that they uh, opened up the Best Picture category to up to ten nominees was precisely to be able to include p- movies like Top Gun, uh, so that you know uh, audience favorites wouldn't uh, get lost in the shuffle of the critical favorites. Uh, but you are raising a really good question, right? I mean, when you, when you're dealing with art, and that's actually you know something that happens in the at, at, in the end sequence of the Fablemans. Uh, uh, um, uh, actually, not even only in the end sequence of the Fablemans, but throughout the Fablemans, the spoiler alert, you know, this is really a movie about art and making art, um, that there is subjectivity in art. Um, it's impossible to say, you know, what's the best movie of the year, the best movie of all time, best according to whom and by whose standards. But, right. So it's all subjective. So, you know, uh, I, I also really enjoyed Top Gun Maverick um, way more even than I enjoyed the original Top Gun, uh, I will say. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to see it here in some ways. It's also a movie about making movies, or it's sort of like a meta commentary on the state of movies. Uh, and so that's another reason why it's not surprising to me. I am more surprised that Tom Cruise didn't get nominated for best actor, uh, for that role. I think he's been overlooked by the Academy for, for a long time. Uh, he, all right. We'll agree to disagree. Miles uh, Keller not... was fire in that movie. Tom Cruise was uh ooh, ooh. Okay. every gonna... every role he's played, he's no different when he's Ethan Hawke in Mission Impossible. Oh, let's get into this, Jesse. Um <laughs> I I feel uh less bullish about Miles Teller and his future as an actor. Uh but um uh but I I uh I, I think that what makes Tom Cruise such a uh, compelling actor and movie star is he doesn't, you're right. He doesn't get lost in roles in the same way that, you know, I don't know, Russell Crowe might or Joaquin Phoenix might, or, you know, uh, he's not a character actor in, in that way. Um, but, but if you, if you watch through uh, his filmography, I think he does actually a really good job of, um, uh, you know, it's like Jack Nicholson. Um, Jack Nicholson doesn't lose himself in characters in quite the same way. But if you like note the subtle differences in his personality and in his manner in each role that he has, the 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 energy that he brings to a character and the way that um that that on on by virtue of his performance alone, um, it can salvage even a mediocre movie. Um, I, I think that that's actually a really uh, incredible talent. 
uh, as a as not just an actor, but as a as a movie star that these people have that that doesn't get enough recognition. Um, uh, you know, so anyway, that's my take on Tom Cruise, and I think that he was actually uh, he he turned in an an Oscar worthy performance, I think, in in Top Gun Maverick. But he's not a nominee, so let's not talk about that so much. Um, and uh, then I think the only one I haven't covered in my list is uh, Avatar: The Way of Water. Uh, we did not do an episode on Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, arguably, we should have because Avatar makes oodles of money. Uh, but like the first Avatar, uh, which made oodles of money, and then nobody seemed to talk about or care about, uh, I don't know, six months after it was in the movie theaters, I think that's the case with this Avatar too. I was bored to tears for the first two thirds of it. Maybe not to tears. I was enjoying being in the movies. It was fine, uh, but it was pretty boring. And uh, and yeah, maybe we should have talked about it. It's the highest grossing film of 2022, highest grossing film of the COVID era uh, and third highest grossing film of all time. Um, I think it speaks to what makes the movie so incredible is really the visual effects. And partially because it takes James Cameron, uh, he takes his time, 10 years, focus on these effects you you can't compare what what marvel does where they crank out you know three movies a year uh and expect the same visual effects but well avatar the first movie was so breathtaking and a breath of fresh air was there anything different or special about way of water um that that was new well i think yeah i mean i think that the uh the the technological the technological change between what came before Avatar and Avatar, you know, was was uh, you know was groundbreaking, right? It was it was uh, a monumental shift in the way movies were made, in the in the way it was a huge leap in the in the technology. Um, I would say that from a technical standpoint, it seemed to me that Avatar: The Way of Water was uh, more technically difficult to make and uh, and and impressive, right? I mean. Uh, Making uh, photorealistic water, uh, water that's CGI fair. is is incredibly hard to do. But does um, that make it best picture worthy, or uh, that's no, well, a special effect? Well, but again, well, so, but yeah, but you know, that's that's part of what makes a movie a movie, right? I mean, that's always been part of uh, of the of the of the medium of the art is is how can you push the technology of the art forward? Um, and James Cameron is a master storyteller and and filmmaker. You know, so uh, I, I didn't. I think it was a great, it wasn't a, a movie that I love. It's not a movie that I'm talking about, you know, ever since it's not like sticking in me, like uh triangle of sadness is one that I didn't mention. I, I saw and I enjoyed it's strange and not what I was expecting, but I've been thinking about triangle of sadness for days since I've seen it. Um, it's got layers of meaning. Um, it's, 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 it's complex in a lot of ways, maybe heavy handed in some ways. Um, you know, Avatar doesn't have that, didn't have that same depth. Is Does that mean it's not as good of a movie as Triangle of Sadness? James Cameron, I think, would disagree with you. I think, you know, arguably it was, it was much harder to make, uh, much more expensive to make, clearly. Uh, and um, and and I, I have to imagine, you know, from a, you know, to, to compellingly make a movie, um, to, compel, to compellingly film an action sequence, um, as James Cameron does with uh, emotional resonance, you know, these lengthy action set pieces that he's known for. Um, it, it's incredibly technically difficult. 
Um, to do it in the context of an overarching story that works as a story, is it a groundbreaking story? Maybe not, but it works as a story, um, is really hard. Not a lot of people are able to do that. So, uh, you I know, I don't wonder, know. That, I think that's totally fair. I wonder, and I'm, listen, I'm the one who loved, you know, three hour long Avengers Endgame. Um, I, th I think in some ways that movie needed to be three hours long to tie up, you know, the, the loose ends of the 10 years of films that came before it. Uh, did Avatar Way of Water uh, need to be uh, three hours, right? But but you remember Titanic, uh, he, he was the first movie I ever saw. I think it was that and JFK where it was on two VHS tapes, right? When you bought Titanic, it was on, on, on two uh, uh, videotapes and halfway through the movie, you, you had to take one out of the VCR and put in the other one. Yeah, well, I will note that Avatar uh, did not get nominated for uh, best film editing. So there you go. <laughs> Um, you know, for me, uh, like you, I, I thought everything everywhere all at once was really um, phenomenal and groundbreaking in its ex exploration of, of, of the multiverse. Um, I also uh, thought it, it was fascinating. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis's role, I, I had to look back on IMDb and I was like, is that Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, and, and she ended up being nominated for Best Supporting Actress in the film um and, and uh, you know michelle yao is phenomenal but you also have to give credit to uh kehu kwan um who, who uh was my childhood right so from indiana jones from the goonies uh the way he he gets so emotional in this award season talks about how he thought he would never act again um and, and now uh, because of this he's getting roles he he's has a role in season two of loki right so now he has a role in the marvel cinematic universe because of this film. Um, Tar, I thought was really interesting. Tar takes an, an interesting story, a true story, talking about power. Um, we tend to think of um, power and, and sexual power, sexual assault, and with the Harvey Weinstein's of the world, these gross men who, who, who prey on, on younger individuals. Uh, and this is a story about a genius conductor who is a woman who in her story uh, talks about uh, why are we only focusing on the music of, of white cisgender men? And so you think, all right, she's this woke woman and still in a position of power. It's a story about how she takes advantage uh, of other people uh, and um, sexually uh, uses her position of, of power uh, in that way. Uh, what I find most interesting about Tar was the very beginning of the film that the the movie begins with the end credits rolling first end credits that unless you're waiting for that post credit scene of a, of a comic book movie or something like that you're really not staying through the end credits uh, and the director consciously starts with the end credits in this film to help the viewer think differently about the hierarchy of power uh, which is really what this movie is trying to do it's trying to tell a story about the hierarchy of power of of who has has power and positions of power and then we really have a woman talking which is a story about again sexual assault uh, as well in a mennonite community it's based on a true story about um men who would use i believe it's cow tranquilizers to to drug and, and rape women in the mennonite community i think it's an important story in that it's a story when we talk about people who we think and this is often the case right people who we think are pious uh based on their values, based on their faith, based on their religion. Um, and all the more so they need to be exposed for um, such such assault. Um, 
and such acts of sexual assault and rape, um, less you you mask that or or hide that. We see that uh, in all faith communities, uh, unfortunately, in the Jewish community as well, that uh, people uh, hide uh, behind their their faith. People hide behind um, their observance or uh, a level of being religious. And I think that that's an important story uh, that is told. One of many stories that, that have been told this year, she said, which uh, was snubbed as an important story of the New York Times expose uh, of Harvey Weinstein. Um, but I think this story tells us through a uh, fairly conservative faith community. Um, besides the idea of power, um, what are the Jewish values that you think we find, if there are any common values in some of these Best Picture nominees? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think that power is uh, is is definitely one. I think that uh, you know another uh, point that we raised is, and this is related to the idea of power, is um, you know who gets to tell uh, uh, whose story, right? So uh, Elvis is framed uh, not as this as Elvis's story, but as Colonel Parker's story, um, uh, and and in a lot of ways, right? It's it's also framed as like. Uh, America's story, um, uh, you know, as uh, as a society that uh, you know um, is uh, is is willing to buy lies um, if they're if they're you know uh, packaged in ways that are like titillating or 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 feed into our our preconditions. Um, you know, the the Fablemans is a, this is sort of an, a meta take on the Fablemans, but uh, before the before we hit record, we were talking about the fact that Michelle Williams was nominated for best actress for the fablemans uh when uh she you know arguably should have been uh put herself in for nomination for best supporting actress uh, right was it her story or was it paul dano's story or or was it or was it uh um uh the uh sam fableman uh the the steven spielberg character story who is ostensibly the the protagonist of the story right as it is a story about uh steven spielberg's childhood and, and life growing up and uh uh and and his journey to becoming a filmmaker um that's what the movie that i thought that i was seeing uh in in a lot gabriel of ways LaBelle. what's that 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 was played by gabriel labelle and 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 a good performance by him too. I can see why he wasn't submitted for contention, or or why he didn't receive uh, consideration uh, for that for that role. Um, although maybe a snub, I don't know. He was fine. He was good. Um, Michelle Williams was great. I, I true story. I actually happened to uh, know Steven Spielberg's mother a little bit. Um, she owned and operated a kosher dairy restaurant uh, on Pico Boulevard in Los Angeles. Uh, called Milky Way. Uh, and uh, periodically I would go in there. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if Michelle Williams ever met Steven Spielberg's mother uh, because she passed away, I think, a couple of years ago. Uh, but uh, the experiences and interactions I had with this woman, uh, Michelle Williams captured her perfectly. It was amazing to see. Well, listen, so, and, I've been a Michelle Williams fan since she played Jen Lindley on uh, Dawson's Creek. Uh, you won't get any uh, arguments from me on uh, Michelle Williams's talent, uh, and she did. I thought it was a great performance. I, you know, I, I think she's got a strong shot uh, at winning for that role, although she's not the the favorite. Um, but uh, but but it does raise the question of you know whose story really was that, um, and you know arguably it was her story, was the mother's story in, in that. It was it was really a story about 
you know, we, we're, we're bought into it because we think it's a story about Steven Spielberg's coming of age, but really it's a coming of age story for his mother, but it is kind of like a subplot of the of of the movie not the plot of the movie in and of itself so uh and she is a a strong uh uh protagonist she's active in her she has agency in her own life and and uh and in the story she's she's great and michelle williams is great in the role um but is it her story or is it not and if it's not her story then why is she uh the the lead actress um and if it is her story uh then why is it uh you know centering on um on sammy fableman and not on on mitzi yeah I, I think part of it is what you said it's um judaism is so much about telling other people's stories and making them our own mm-hmm. right that, that that is our entire tradition uh rabbi it's talks about how how hope is the greatest gift um that we've ever given that the jewish people have ever given the the world based on the exodus story uh, we tell that story. Rabbi Deborah Reed Blank uh, introduced me to the term anamnesis uh, when she was my professor at the Jewish Theological Seminary. The idea of anamnesis is that through ritual, we are to trigger a memory within ourselves so that when we do the ritual of the Pesach Seder, it's not that we are reenacting something that happened, but we are helping to remember what it was like when we ourselves were there. Right? When we are studying Torah all night uh, at a Tikkun Mel Shavuot, that is mm. to help us remember what it was like to be at the foot of Sinai during Matan Torah, during Revelation. When we are building our Sukkot, uh, we are help- meant to remember what it was like to wander through the wilderness. Not to reenact it, but to remember uh, because these are our stories. But the truth is, we make them our stories by ritualizing them in our own ways. We take a, a story where we were not a part of and are part of a religious tradition that says we were a part of it, and so we make ourselves a part of it. Uh, and so, so many, uh, uh, so much of the common theme between these movies, as you pointed out, Mike, is how somebody makes somebody else's story their own. Another theme that uh, that that strikes me in in some of these movies uh, from this year, the Best Picture nominees, is. Uh, is is a theme of uh, what we do with our past uh, and um, and you know whether or should we and in what ways we move on from it right so that's present in Top Gun that's present in everything everywhere all at once in a way it's present in in Triangle of Sadness or in other words the, the, what I see in Triangle of Sadness is is a little bit less about you know how we move on from our past but like how we can what do we do with with the people. Uh, uh, in our lives, in our world that we consider to be less important, less of value, not, uh, not, not, not of utility to us anymore. What do we, what do we do with them? Where do we put them? You know, triangle sadness, um, uh, it follows, you know, these two model social influencers, uh, who go on a luxury, uh, cruise, uh, that, uh, goes horribly awry, yeah. uh, and then, uh, ends up marooned on a, on a desert Island. That's the, you, you know, find that's the similarities term. between that. I mean, it was, it was, certainly a, a, a dark comedy uh, of sorts. Um, but did you find similarities between that and The White Lotus, that and Glass Onion, two things that we've talked about recently on this podcast and yes. why we're talking about those themes they keep coming up right now? Um, yes, and Parasite, uh, for sure. And I think there's there's similarities between that and, and Elvis as well. I think that there's a way in which we, uh, we, we worship beauty, power, success, um, uh, we denigrate 
um, the elderly. Uh, we, uh, um, you know, we we uh, uh, have a, we we establish a hierarchy of uh, you know uh, uh, white, straight, cisgender, uh, uh, attractive. Um, uh, wealthy people, you know, uh, as like a top of the hierarchy and like, and, and put everything below it. Um, so that's explored in, in all of those, uh, films and, and, uh, and, and exposed and, um, and parodied in, in various ways. Um, cause I think what we're really reckoning with in our, in our society right now, um, are, are the ways in which, um, our, our society has really been founded on that paradigm has been founded on that, uh, hierarchical, uh, uh, class and race um, uh, and uh, sexual orientation, all those uh, hierarchies, the, that consciousness um, is, is uh, and, and now, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing the ways in which that has uh, uh, been present in our world uh, and has really corrupted uh, the ways that, that we live. We want to find a way out of it, but we realize that that's not always so easy and that the, that the forces that are, perfectly happy with that status quo, uh, push back hard. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, is this, irre is it irreconcilable conflict? Um, or is there a way forward? So I think in, on, in various ways, all of those movies, uh, explore, uh, those tensions and the, um, and the upheavals that come when we, when, when those hierarchies are, are challenged. I think that that's at the core of the Jewish story. Uh, you know, we, we, we talk about the Exodus, right, as um, as a as a, a revolution of values, right? Walter Brueggemann, who, who uh, wrote a book on uh, biblical scholar, wrote a book on the biblical prophets, talks about you know the Exodus was wasn't just um, a story about the liberation of a band of slaves, as important as the liberation was, especially if you happen to be in that band of slaves, but rather about the uh, the, the revolution of consciousness of values that it represented uh for the world and that it's it, that's passed down to us to be able to see you know a, a, a biblical vision of uh, of an absence of of hierarchy in which all human beings are created equally in the divine image and have have uh, uh equal worth um that's the the biblical vision the one the prophetic tradition then continues to call us back to uh and to point out the ways in which uh, our civilization uh, has um, uh, uh, has has sort of corrupted that ideal, um, and and so I think in in in, in uh, we're we're in a moment right now where we're able to see that. Although I think we're still struggling with how to find our way forward or what the next. Uh, I think these are criticism, like social credit social criticisms. What I would love to see is an exploration of you know let's let's let's. Uh, envision what a different kind of society might look like, uh, and uh, and 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 why that ideal is better uh, than the ideal that, that than the real in which we're living. That's that's the aspect of the prophetic consciousness of the Torah uh, or of the Tanakh that uh, that I feel like I would love to see the film industry begin exploring. I, everything, everywhere, all at once kind of does that in the way in a way to say like you know we're really in in some ways in the best of all possible worlds right now because it's the only one that we have and uh and we should you know uh, uh appreciate the relationships and those who are who are close to us um because all we really have is love uh in 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 this world um that that's all you can rely on other than you know death and laundry and paying taxes i think that's fair um you know i also think it's worth noting how um few comedies 
uh, are are nominated for Best Picture. Um, you know, I think about this as a time uh, the Oscars come right after Purim, right? And so, so by the time uh, we listen to this episode, uh, we'll just have celebrated Purim. I have uh, uh, three costumes that I, that I am wearing. One is for uh, our congregation's adults, uh, dazed and schmoozed '70s theme Purim party. Uh, one is part of my family's. Uh, Alice in Wonderland costume, and then you'll have to uh, show up uh, in Purim to uh, see my third costume. Um, but uh, so much of Purim is about being silly, right? It is about total nonsense. Uh, it, it is about um, eating and drinking too much, and it's about debauchery. Uh, and, and part of that is because I think so many holidays uh, are are about loss. Uh, about war, about uh, uh, discrimination. Uh, yes, we won, but it's really about how, how the world is out to get us. And it's nice to just celebrate and have fun and how few of the movies in this category are about that, uh, right? So many of these movies are, are kind of downers if you if you really think about it, right? Like they're, they're sad, all quiet on the Western front. Uh, even Avatar, which is a fun movie, is really a sad movie. Elvis. It's a fascinating movie, sad movie. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Would you call that a happy movie? The, the dynamic between the parent and the child, uh, the dynamic between the, the two the two parents that, that are separated, like it's a sad movie. Um, horror, sad movie. I, I guess like Top Gun Maverick is a happy movie with a ha fun, great ending, even though it deals with the relationship between uh, Goose dying and Maverick, you, you, you know, um, I wish there were more happy movies with happy endings. Fun right. So I, I, have a, I have a different take on Purim, I think, than you do. I think that it's uh, uh, that that it's a, a holiday of silliness, but the silliness is meant to um, uh, to to expose the um, the the fundamental uh, uh, um, ridiculousness of the world that we live in, and and why things should be the opposite of uh, of of what they are. It's just kind of told through the lens of farce. I think that the I think that you're right though, uh, and this is a, a a historical problem with uh, with with the Academy Awards. I think that they tend to you know uh, uh, believe that it's only real art if it's serious, right? Uh, and that and that you know silly movies, funny movies don't count, um, uh, which is you know you know can you name in recent memory uh, an actor actress who who went one for a com comedic role you know much less the uh, a a comedy winning best picture it's it's really hard to think of one um uh, because even though uh, as my kids repeatedly tell me that I'm not funny. Like being funny is really, really hard. Like in some ways it, it, I, it feels easier to me to like fake cry in a movie uh, and, and to like, you know, have those Oscar worthy scenes of, of like, you know, flying off the rails and yelling and screaming than it is to like actually make people laugh. That's really hard to do. So Jack from a won in 1991 best supporting actor for city slickers, city slickers as yes. Um, so, uh, and that goes through in great comedy since then, uh, you know, uh, Jim Tomei and my cousin Vinny, right. Marissa, no, great, great performance. I mean, so there are some outliers there, Roberto but Benini, right. Who I, I guess we can call, uh, life is beautiful. Life is a beautiful. Comedy. A comedy, a Holocaust comedy. Uh, the, the Academy loves Holocaust movies too. Uh, so uh, but listen, I, mean, I think that that's I think that that's that's an interesting thing to to unpack. Um, you know, it reminds me of 
the the joke that you know someone uh, guy goes to his rabbi and says rabbi you know i'm done with judaism um it's so like somber and serious all the time and the rabbi says well when are you like coming doing jewish stuff he's like well i come on, on yom kippur i come on rosh hashanah i come on on passover and it's just always you know it's just always like you know they tried to kill us you know whatever it's all doom and gloom uh, so the rabbi says, well, you're just coming on the wrong times. Like, right. come on Simchat Torah, come on Purim. Like, you'll see, you'll see, you know, Judaism is totally different than that. So the guy does, a year later, comes back and says, Rabbi, I'm done with Judaism. It's just not serious. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, um, I, but I, I, I think that that is uh, um, a, you know, a, a problem of the Academy. It's one of the things that I think is I appreciated, uh, I did appreciate about the Golden Globes is that they at least have a category for comedies. Um, and and to celebrate those movies, although the categorization of the Golden Globes is a mess, comedy slash musical, yeah, the Golden Globes in general are a mess. Um, the Oscars are, of course, a mess. We didn't actually end up getting to talk about the Will Smith slap uh, this year, but it, it it of course like hangs over like a shadow to to this Oscars. Uh, but you're right. Uh, the the movies that we're looking at uh, uh, and celebrating as the best of the year are are not funny. But but let me ask you, Jesse, what were the best comedies this year from your perspective i i can't think of any really off the top of my head best comedies of the year um you're putting me on i laughed spot. a lot at ant-man quantumania but probably not for the reasons that they wanted me to oh come on come on <laughs> that um, wasn't this year I, anyway. I, I would say probably the best comedy of the year uh that was a real snub uh the unbearable weight of massive talent uh, oh, which I great, didn't see it. Great movie with Pedro Pascal uh, and and Nick Cage uh, playing a meta version of Nick Cage. Got it. Well, uh, funny or not. That would have uh, won a Poppy Award, even if it didn't <laughs> win an Oscar. Let's go. Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal, you get an honorary Poppy. Uh, come on the show to accept your award next episode. <laughs> um, well, tell us what you think. Uh, who should win, who will win, uh, who were your favorites, what were the snubs, uh, and uh, and and uh, comedies and dramas. What did you love this year? What did you hate this year? Tell us everything. Be in touch. Uh, smash that subscribe button. We love to keep the conversation going. Uh, until next time, we hope you enjoy the Oscars. Uh, and until then, I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And the winner is... You, the listener. I'll be here all week. Take care. Comedy's hard. <laughs> <laughs>